Hi there. Welcome to Finding Space with Alex Tyson, the show that celebrates the everyday legends who put in the hard work to become who they want to be and live the life they want to live. For people who understand that when we practice compassion and find wisdom within ourselves, we find success and happiness. Join me in hearing amazing stories from everyday individuals who have found incredible personal and professional growth through varied and, at times, wild methods of self-improvement and self-responsibility. And through their unique perspectives and work, have gone on to better the lives of those around them. From nurturing health to growing your wealth or enjoying the present to crafting your future, no aspect of life is off topic. And hey guys, just a quick note that we recorded this podcast before we rebranded our company from iHealth Saunas to Found Space. So if you hear any references of iHealth Saunas, that's why. Today on Sweated Out is a conversation with Nick Moss. Nick is an integrative health practitioner and educator based in Melbourne with a focus on brain-based correction strategies. He has training in the fields of functional neurology, kinesiology, sports kinesiology, mind-body medicine, integrative and functional medicine, neuromuscular therapy, and personal training. Nick sees a wide variety of client presentations in clinic, including musculoskeletal, neurological, emotional, and autoimmune conditions. As a vastly experienced educator, Nick has been training practitioners for the last five years in kinesiology, sports kinesiology, and mind-body medicine. He was the lead course developer for the Diploma of Sports Kinesiology at the well-regarded College of Complementary Medicine. In addition to lecturing and course authoring, Nick also mentors practitioners from various modalities worldwide, including the prestigious Applied Movement Neurology Academy. Nick's latest project, Integrated Vitality Retreats, is about designing and delivering holistic health retreats, where he leads a team of amazing practitioners in delivering a world-class retreat designed to address nine key zones of vitality and create radical change for the long term. In this podcast, we cover the developmental phase we experience in early childhood and how this can influence our experience in our life today. We get into understanding our purpose, the fundamentals of health, how mental issues can result in physical issues, how we process and potentially hold on to trauma, energy meridians, Eastern style medicine, and we answer a question I have always found difficult to answer. What is kinesiology and how does it work? This is a great podcast for anyone struggling to understand the connection between our mind, our thoughts, our emotions, and how they can manifest in physical issues. This has been something I've been really interested in. However, I've never been able to speak with someone and get into the nitty gritty of how it works and what's actually going on. I feel like I could preface this podcast with about 10 minutes of dialogue. I found it fascinating. Nick's depth of knowledge is unquestionable and what we get into in this podcast is in some cases pretty profound. So I give you Nick Moss. Cool. So uh, Nick, thanks for coming on the podcast, mate. Thanks, man. It's, thanks uh, for inviting me. Yeah, it's taken some time, mm-hmm. but we're here. Um, I like to start the podcast with, with a pertinent question given we're in a sauna. I'm mm-hmm. about to sweat all over the floor and make a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the sweatiest you've ever been? Yeah, so I, I had to have a big think about that question when you asked me, but because to be honest, I was in the army and I, I would say the whole career I was just like sweaty. <laughs> I was based up in Townsville, yeah, but there's one particular incident. But like, based living in Townsville, you know what Townsville is, it's like up in the tropics, mm. and we would train in the middle of the day, and you're just literally like walking around, sopping wet all the time. I remember one day in particular, um, we 
had to do training with a gas gas masks essentially we had to go into a room full of gas take our masks off uh and that that would pull the snot and everything out of our face and then we had to put the mask back on and, uh, inside the the gas tent and then we had to go back outside but that right. day that we did it as well we did it a few times but that partic- one particular day it was it was would have been mid 30s <laughs> to 40s and 100 percent humidity like middle of the day and our um higher-ups section commanders just to be assholes basically got us to put it on and before we went into the <laughs> the tent we actually had to we did basically 2.4 kilometers played a game of touch football oh my god we had these we had like not just that we had like these smocks on so they're like this thick okay they're like you'd be like boiling in, in winter what are they for just to protect you from like the, the gas okay so we had to um wear them and then with the gas mask on and like play touch football, run oh. in, in this like crazy hot sun. And then we took it off. It was just, just oh. everywhere. Like it was just, it just kept going the sweat. So yeah, that's the one that sticks out. So do you have to take the gas mask off before you went into the gas room? No, oh, no. Oh, there was a few things. So there was one where we did that, where we actually had to walk in. Yeah. And then, and then put the gas mask on and seal it all up. And there was another one where we'd go in there. And they'd go, all right, take it off. <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, my. And they'd like, keep it off for a minute. And then let's put it back on. And then, yeah, it was all about, like, not panicking. Yeah. Because it's, what was the gas? I don't, AV gas, something. I can't really remember. But it basically, it would just screw up your sinuses and just snot would start coming out of your face. It wasn't, like, going to kill you or anything. Like, like tear gas or something. Something like that. It yeah. was actually similar to tear gas. Yeah. yeah. It's like the modern version. So. Yeah. It was pretty funny. And then, like, they'd ask you questions. So you'd take it off and they'd ask you questions, like, Say your name, and you, just, <laughs> you get people like going, oh, it's like they just couldn't speak. Everyone just laughed. And like, I know, put it back on. So yeah, that's hectic. Yeah. How so, long were you in the army for? About six years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. And was there a lot of like commanders making you do crazy stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was part of the fun as well. Like it was kind of funny at some point. Like they're just trying to sort of build your character, mm. see what you can handle. Mm. Another time, I remember. When I was going through training, we had a sergeant, and he basically, um, we stuffed something up. So he got us to run up the hill and then run back, and then he got us to get out all that, you know, those little, like, cereal box things, mm. you know, that you pull open and you pour the milk in and stuff. Oh, yeah. Eat one of those, and then run up and back again, <laughs> come back, eat another one, <laughs> run up again. So the whole class, is, the whole platoon was basically spewing up. It was just... <laughs> Just stupid things like that all the time. It's just character building, basically. The idea is like, it's like with the SEALs, right? They want to make you so uncomfortable that when you're in battle, it's not as uncomfortable. Is that the idea? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's essentially seeing what your thresholds are. Can you, can you keep concentration and focus on what you're doing in the face of setbacks and like being really just put under the pump? They're just trying to see if, like what your threshold is. Do you crack? What do you do? Mm. Do you get angry? Do you piss, get pissed off? That means you're gonna fo- like not gonna focus on the mission. So mm. Mm. it was funny though. I was I would laugh half the time and then <laughs> then get upset like because I was laughing. You know. Was all... <laughs> were you like as were, were you as educated as you are now on like all the psychology behind that sort of stuff? Man? I had no idea. Right. I was young, very young. Um, like. I used to look at the older guys and go, why? Why do they seem like it's, it? Seems a lot easier for them. Like I didn't, I didn't find it physically that hard. 
but mentally it was quite challenging mm. trying to get you know perform all the time and you know you're under pressure a lot but the, the older guys seemed to just cruise through it it's because they had life experience they mm. they they'd understood the world and they're probably a bit more intelligent mm. so yeah oh it's coming up i think it's that that a peppermint it's yeah it up. it's all happening yeah. yeah yeah um but yeah no i like if i look if i knew what i knew now about the body and what they were doing to us i'd just be like man you're actually making us worse you, 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 you know mm. like you might think you're making us stronger but you're actually uh dampening down our effects as soldiers <clears> and, <throat> and our abilities and you're not like there's a lot of, a lot has changed in that area in the um, last probably 10 to 15 years anyway so. mm. it's for a lot of people that it sounds like they're just going to be in such a stress state when they're doing those kind of things i feel like especially young kids like if something comes up then they're like oh like i can't like feel that thing now or have that thought because i need to like run to the top of this hill and not vomit and think i'm hopeless and then i feel like even if they get through it they're not necessarily addressing those thoughts no 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 they're just doing it they're just getting on with it they're surviving basically just doing whatever you can to get to the next thing yeah is that what you mean yeah i mean like like i'm sure in those moments like some really like deep down stuff is come up coming up about who they are as people yes (laughs) right yeah but like are they really addressing that or are they just pushing through it and just pushing through it yeah typical yeah Mm. and you see it with the guys that come out and they don't adapt to the real world uh, they still want to be that type of person mm. and don't keep evolving and then they get stuck and they either stay in or they do something similar or they keep drinking and stuff like that. So, mm. Mm. so we've, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, we've had some good conversations off air about, um, especially even with me personally, about things that have gone on um, and go on in our lives when we're young and how that affects our thoughts and actions and decisions that we make later on in life mm. like why are we all so fucked up <laughs> <laughs> why are we all so fucked up well it's quite interesting actually because i was actually listening to a podcast i finished today by listening to it over the last few days and it was with a guy who specializes in um inherited trauma mm-hmm. so this is an area that I was sort of always aware of, but uh, he brought up some really cool things and he put in a lot of the science to it as well. He's, I think this guy was a psychologist. I'll have to tell you what it is, but mm. he basically, yeah, there's a lot of research coming out about just in our genetics and our genes. Um, say if your grandparent had some trauma from the war or something like that, mm. there's, there's a very high likelihood that, that when you were born, you can your cells and your mitochondria, your genes can be encoded with that trauma. So, just through DNA transmission mm. and anyway, from the uh, from the parents. So like, you're essentially not born with a clean slate. We think you know when we're born, we come in and we're we're all good to go. You know we just slide into a body and then and then you know obviously the the process of growing and 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 even having you know coming out of the birth canal is trauma but mm. there is also some inherited trauma mm. as well and anything that happened in uh, you know when in the womb is, is a factor as well so i thought that was quite interesting and you see it a lot and it makes a lot of sense as to why people can't understand what's wrong mm. that's one angle mm-hmm. <laughs> that's one angle and i think that's an angle to actually consider as part of it but really the system that's governing our ability to actually 
uh, address and, and, uh, and our susceptibility to be affected by these things is the nervous system, mm -hmm. the brain and the nervous system. So it sort of depends on what sort of nervous system you're, bo you're born with, mm. how much load, how much capacity, how much stimulus can it hold before it breaks down. Mm. Some people were born and they can do pretty much anything and they'll be fine. Some mm. people can't do anything and they'll be sick. That'd and be, most people are on the middle. Would that be considered like, is that like your constitution? Yeah, I suppose you could say there's constitution for different areas, but you could, that, that'd be, I would say like, yeah, your neurological constitution, meaning mm. that, you know, and that would, you, you're given that by your parents. Mm. And, and then maybe some of that trauma that's passed down has an effect on that. Um, but if you have a worried, stressed parent, generally the child will pick up uh, that from them. They might not be born that way, but they might learn to be that way as well. So there's that. So there's what you're born with, what your template is when you're born, how your development goes in utero, mm -hmm. how it goes in birth, mm -hmm. how it happens after birth in the first two years of life is really critical mm -hmm. for developing all our motor skills. We're just a blob. We've come out of the womb, we're just a blob, literally a blob with reflex. Like all anything that anything that happens is a reflex. Mm -hmm. You know, we how we get onto our mother's nipple, that's just a reflex. It's, it's, they don't think about doing mm -hmm. that. It's just stimuli and reflex. They've got the fear reflex, the moral reflex, they've got a bunch of other ones and at about two to four months, they should be integrated within the nervous system, meaning that there's no need for them to be there anymore. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't be there after four months. As in like a conscious? It's an unconscious reflex yeah, pattern. Yeah, yeah. No need to be there if it's a healthy development of the nervous system. Mm -hmm. So if you see an adult who, you know, say a door slams and they do this, ah, and then they start sort of freaking out, mm. they still have a, a neonatal reflex that should have, disappeared at the age of four. Mm. So that person is going to have a very low threshold mm. to stress. Mm -hmm. They're going to have, usually they'll have lots of chronic stuff happening, lots of pain, lots of stress, lots of inflammation. So we actually need to go back in time and then mm. re sort of integrate that reflex. That's one way of looking at it as well. Then if they're all good, um, you know, with their neurology, their development, the nervous system, then it's who they're around and they start modeling who they're around. It's usually their parents and their, their siblings. Um, and they mirror, basically, and usually learn how to behave in order to get what they want or to avoid what they don't want to feel. Mm. So that, again, starts to develop these limiting belief patterns because often they're not necessarily ours, but we don't have any per se, we, we learn from the people around mm. us as to how to behave in certain ways to get certain things. Mm. But this is all done really unconsciously mm. and what sort of effect that's going to have on them later is really hard to tell. Mm. But generally, I mean, the, we all know if you grow up in an abusive family, you know, it's going to taint how you view your world. I so think it's everything. It's like how to deal with any kinds of stress like how to deal with good news, bad news, mm. having lots of money, not having any money, how you spend your money, how you view your relationships, how you value things. Mm. I imagine all that would be modeled from or learned from how you see your parents do it. Absolutely. Mm. Definitely. And these are often the things that trip us up when we're trying to make change mm. as well. So you do, if that neuro, the neurological side of it has to be uh, really addressed because that's a physiological thing. So if people are saying, having a hard time consciously changing, 
could be that they have a, like a lot of limiting patterns or beliefs that they've learned, but also could be that their nervous system or their body is not is just so wide for these other uh, patterns and behaviours that like it's actually a threat for them to change. Mm. So we sort of had to have to move on that level. There's another really cool book I read recently called Coherence. It was I haven't actually read the whole thing, but mm. just even the first chapter was awesome because it had a really cool model. Mm. And I think this guy, is, he's a cardiologist, and, but he now goes in and speaks at corporate events about performance and high performance, you know, in, in teams and stuff like that. And he put a really cool thing called the performance iceberg, and it's basically, you know, the iceberg, like, at the top is what you see, the behaviours, the, you know, the achievements and stuff like that. Mm. That's really front of mind stuff. But below that you have, you know, your thoughts, beliefs, feelings. Mm. Blah, blah. Right at the bottom of it is, this, is physiology. Mm-hmm. Your physiology is not set up mm. for you to be calm enough or uh, appropriate in certain situations. Mm. You know what I mean? Is this mm. making sense? Like physiology yeah. in terms of like their body or like the, whole, their, the body, the yeah. body as a whole, yeah. the nervous system, how integrated it is, it. your hormonal system, yeah. your, you know, your guts, yeah. all of it basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've got enough water in your body, yeah, yeah. you're getting enough sleep, that's yeah. a big one. All the physical stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're breathing properly. Yeah. So you, your homeostasis of your body needs to be quite good for mm. you to be able to sort of mm. make conscious changes to, towards health. Yeah. So he was saying in that sense that that's kind of the bottom fundamental Got to have that stuff. Yeah, and I, I fully, I was really cool when I, uh, I, I liked when I saw that because that's my, that's yeah. my view as well, and that's often what we're working with. Mm. Uh, it depends on the person. Like for instance, I've done some work with you. It's different. You heard, your physiology is quite good, so mm. uh, we can move on that sort of higher level uh, of, you know, making decisions and clearing through some beliefs. But other people, mm. they have to actually, the, the, the stress has to be taken out of their system. Yeah, and that might take a while, depending on. Yeah. Their, their personal history before they can actually make their body can actually feel safe enough mm. or, you know, to, to make conscious change mm. you know what I mean does that sort of answer it yeah yeah absolutely I like that too because I think uh, like you know what I'm like I'm always talking about fundamentals yeah <laughs> and um, yeah they're fundamentals for a reason yeah and if we're not ticking those boxes then I mean, whether it's healing from from trauma that we've picked up, or whether it's anything like, um, I mean, I find it, I find life a challenge as it is, and I um, try hard to get all those fundamentals like addressed mm. regularly. And so, what what are the fundamentals for you? Well, for me, they're um, they're sleep, which I'm starting to think is almost at like a higher priority than the rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had Betty Williams, a sleep scientist, on here. Um, last week yeah. and by the end of that conversation I'm like yeah I think there's now one fundamental <laughs> above all else because if you're not sleeping well like nothing else is going to work no. right no. so it's sleep it's um, it's eating well it's nutrition it's moving it's staying hydrated mm. um, I think there's also a part of it is um, doing something that fulfills you Whew, that's I mean, a big one yeah I yeah. think if you're doing something that is like killing your soul um it's hard to yeah i just feel like everything kind of breaks down because well, you're not going to be motivated you're not going to want to do those other things mm. it's just so i think that's an important key which often gets overlooked um and then environment too like just um i even just workplace like um working somewhere that you like there's good people around especially if you're spending a lot of time there 100 um, percent. but even a physical environment of like where 
where you sleep. Like I'm currently in the process of completely revamping where I sleep because I'm spending a lot of time there. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I sleep well as is and I have a whole routine around setting up myself for a good sleep and coming mm. out of sleep. But even just the space, making sure it's toxin-free, making sure there's plenty of fresh air coming through. and mm. um, Yeah, those are kind of my main fundamentals. I yeah. think other people would also say um, working with the breath too. I could probably work with the breath more, but... <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, breathing is the, is the foundational movement. <laughs> yeah. And there's a quote that someone said that I learned. I think I've heard Dr. Perry Nicholson say it, but there's other people that have said it. <clears throat> it's basically, um, if you don't own breathing, you don't own movement. Mm. And so people think it's just breathing is just breathing, but it's actually massive importance in, in movement. You have to be able to breathe. If you see someone that stops breathing when they're exercising, they're like, they're in this limbic response and they're, yeah. they're not actually working properly. Yeah. The breath reflexes to everywhere else. Mm. Mm. But it's also the quickest way to, for us to get out of that fight flight response and just tone down a bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I love running because, um, I don't know, I just finally get into that flow and then I'm like... Changes your brain rhythms. Yeah. Mm -hmm, yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden... Like I'm working and I'm at a good rate and I'm at this pace and I like that steady state cardio and then you can focus on your breath in that in those moments mm. and you can slow everything down a bit unless you go on stupid pace. Well, that's basically meditation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's cool. I mean, well, I've just sort of developed a bit of a concept of the nine zones of vitality, you know, to be actually vital and healthy. Mm. And like it's pretty much what you said is nutrition. And mm. with nutrition, it's the basics, mm. you know, eat... Uh, Fresh vegetables, yeah, basically. Yeah, um, foods that are easier for your body to break down. Yeah, and then it's also when you eat as much as that. You know, mm. it's, it's uh, not eating too late at night. Um, intermittent fasting, I think, is a massive part of it if your system's ready for it. Mm. Simple little things. Yeah, and then um, what else do we have? So we had that, and then we had yeah, breathing, water, and sleep. So mm. breathing, working on your breathing, do some conscious breathing, both for the physical side of it, but also as a tool to help control your mind. Mm. Um, and then uh, water intakes, I mean, younger people are finding it better, but I mean, older, older folk, people who are like, probably my parents and older. I mean, I had someone the other day in clinic, <laughs> you know, just to get her gut moving, like the main thing I was telling her was just, just drink more water. And I kept having to say it. She goes like, stop telling me to drink more water. I'm like, but they just, they just, I don't know, it wasn't drummed in back in those days to yeah. drink how important water is and there's books written on it. And mm. I mean, I've taken people out of back pain just by saying, not touching them, yeah. saying, let's increase your water intake so we can, you know, improve the, the large intestine and mm. then you know, their back pain goes away. So mm -hmm. simple, really, really simple stuff. Yeah. Um, but people resist it. And then there's sleep as well. You know, mm. how long have you been sleeping? Yeah. Oh, I don't sleep. All right, well, I think we have to focus on that <laughs> yes, exactly. first. Let's yeah. just get that sorted and let's see what happens after that. Because yeah. I think there's sometimes just that, well, not, not in pain anymore. Yeah. I feel better, yeah. not as anxious. Yeah. And then there's yeah, environment, which is internal as well. So if mm. your internal environment is crap, if your detox systems aren't working properly or mm. uh, if your lymphatic system is clogged up, mm. which in Chinese medicine they would say is stagnation. Yeah. And the movement... Are you moving enough or are you moving, are you moving enough or are you moving too much mm. or are you moving the right way? Mm. Yeah. So, um, and then there's all up to the purpose thing. Yeah. So mindset and purpose. So yeah. People need to connect. But the thing is, let's just say, I think the, the purpose should be, sometimes people need to have this connection to the purpose mm. and it will help everything else. Yeah. But if their physiology is missing all these, like they don't eat well, 
uh, their their lymphatics are all yeah. blocked up. You know, they've got mold in their environment. Yeah. Yeah. They're not breathing or sleeping uh, properly. They're stressed. Um, all these things, all those things need to be addressed to allow that that bottom of the iceberg, the the physiology, to support them, so they can actually feel in a in a in a, in a front of mind state, so they can go actually. What the hell is it that I want to do? Mm. And then, ideally, can you marry that with why you're actually here? Mm. Which is a different thing. Mm. But it's actually the same thing. Mm. Mm. How do you align those two things? What do I want to do and why am I here? Well, they say that that's what success is, isn't it? If you can um, bring all your passions into one. So, say for, we'll use your career as an example. Mm. Uh, if you can bring all your passions into one place and make a job or a career out of it, I mean, you, you won't really work. Yeah. You never work yeah. because you're just doing what you want to do. Yeah. And you're probably going to be quite good at it. So that means you're going to make quite probably some good money. So that's the ideal. How, so how do you bring that in? Uh, well, that's the thing. I, you know, What is it you want to do? You're going to have to make it determine whether is that an ego thing? Is that what you think you want to do or is actually what you truly want to do mm. from the heart? Mm. That can that's a bit of trial and error. I yeah, think that's a yeah. bit of toing and froing. Do you think um, a bit of that is just sitting with those thoughts for a bit? You know, like yeah. like you ask people, you, you always talk. You know, what um, what like what do you actually enjoy doing? And then like, I don't think people ask themselves that question very often. What is it you think about all the time? Yeah, generally that's probably hopefully it's if it's something sort of positive, not negative, but yeah, generally. What you find you can't help doing is probably what you're passionate about, mm. or can't help thinking about, mm. and you just would do anyway. Yeah, is probably what you should try and find if there's a job or a career that allows you to do that. Yeah, um, and then it should be almost like a calling, meaning that it's it's not so logical. Like, should I do this or shouldn't I do this? That's logical, mm. but all the best decisions I've ever made in my life have been just like intuitive from the heart, just like, just do it. Like with the army, for instance, a long time ago, completely different now, but that experience was defining for me. Mm. I didn't, I was like, no, as if I go to the army, it's for idiots, like nerds go to do that stuff. One day I just woke up, I was like, I'm going to do it. Mm. I did. And then I, that was that. And then came back and mm. to study kinesiology, which go into the sort of complementary medicine side of things, same sort of thing. I was being pulled towards it, mm. and it just so happens that it actually uh, perfectly suits my type of thinking. It's problem solving. It's you know, it's quite big. It's expansive. Mm. And we got to the point now where, yeah, I mean, it's I don't really ever feel like I'm going to work. Mm. Actually, um, the only time I get tired is if I put too many sessions in a day. But generally, it's just oh yeah, cool, just mm. going to do my thing. Mm get paid for it that's cool you know yeah. so but that is that hasn't always been like that for me so mm. um it's been a process and even at, with the what people don't understand with with actually following through on your dreams and you think it's actually going to be hard mm. it's meant to be hard and yeah. it's you're meant to get resistance mm. but a lot of people get the resistance and just run away and they they quit basically but you're actually every time you get re met with resistance you're about to learn something quite good about yourself mm. you just have to bear with it and i mean i had something today that i had to learn about and it hit my ego a little bit but i know i'll learn something tomorrow that will make sense of what happened today mm. and um 
Yeah, people can have that attitude. I think that's why you only see a small percentage of people doing it because I think those people have that threshold to be able to just just see the play the long game. Like, mm. just go see what's ahead and go, it's going to be a little bit tough here. A little bit of to and fro. And if you are going out and doing what you want to do and people around you, like your family, are not, then they might not like that. <laughs> yeah. As, as hard as that is to, to, to hear and, 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 you know, accept... They might not be happy for you. Mm. Well, they also might shoot you down in flames a bit. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, well, because they're going to paint, you know, oh, well, that might not work out. It might, you know, um, don't get your hopes up, sort of stuff like that. So, but that's just really them, them projecting onto you. So yeah. You have to be able to see the long game and just, just go. I actually find sometimes, uh, like even at the moment and... Um, it's only really one other person I've spoken to about, so maybe I won't get into it now. But I've something's brewing. Um, you know, when we talk about alignment, um, I, sometimes I find it's like, or at least where I'm at, it's like a maybe there's like a two degree shift in one direction. <laughs> Tony Robbins always says, you know, like if you make a two degree shift now over a period of years, <laughs> it's yeah. quite big. Yeah, and something's brewing at the moment, and it's the kind of thing that. Um, um, I don't feel like I want to tell anyone about it because for that exact reason. Like, I, I know what I need to do and I know who I need to do it with and who's involved and whatever. And it's like, now I'm just going to go and do that thing. Mm. And I don't need to tell my friends or, you know, certain family or whatever. It's like, because I just, I just know what I'm going to get and there's just no point. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So. Until you get to a certain level, then you can. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what, yeah, I've learned, have, had to learn to do more and more. Mm. Um, if you're someone that goes out and is, is trying to forge ahead and, and develop mastery in, in mm. different areas of your life, you're probably going to fail a lot more than other people. Yeah. Uh, but you don't really see it as failure anyway, but people around you are uncomfortable with failure or um, going out there and getting, you know, trying and then it not working will see that as a bad thing. Uh, but People who go out there and actually do this, it's not a bad thing at all. It's just a lesson. It's part of it. It means you're getting closer. Yeah. So, yeah. You're either winning or you're learning, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think playing the long game is a big one mm. that I've had to learn over the years and definitely didn't have when I was younger. Mm. It's like, you know, yeah, your eyes are only here. So yeah. um, being able to see what's ahead if you just keep plodding away, like you said, mm. and knowing if you do... I'm sure you'll be like, mm. you'll be way further probably the, than you ever thought. Mm. Five years ahead, ten years ahead. Mm. Mm. Yeah, for me, that um, like you were saying, some people if they have that purpose defined, then everything else flows from that. Yeah. Um, and maybe you said other people are like that. Um, it definitely helps me having a thing like this is, this is where I'm going, and then that kind of flows into what I'm doing mm -hmm. at the moment. Yes. Instead of doing stuff now. But if you if you were in chronic back pain and you were Different anxious, story. yeah, yeah, your brain would be kind of be going, nah, I'm worried about these yeah. guys more than yeah. that thing. I don't want to do that, but yeah. I actually have to focus on these things first. And that's where I see a lot of people, that's where a lot of, to be honest, most of my clients are at, where they're in some state of distress and their nervous system is in fight or flight, they're in inflammation. It's, we just got to get them to a point where their body's actually doing it for them and then we can focus on mm. um, 
going ahead and then achieving this purpose and then finding all these unconscious uh, sort of what we call them, yeah, limiting beliefs, which are basically like anchors. Yeah. They're just anchors. And then we've got bunches of them. Mm. Yeah. yeah, this is why I love juice fasting yeah. so much and why I'm an advocate of it. Um, because when I did my first juice fast, it was like someone had like pulled up the veil. Mm. <laughs> it's like when you get your driver's license for the first time. It's like, mm. how do I just go 18 years without having one of these? <laughs> it was like that when I did my first juice fast. I didn't realize it at the time, but very quickly after doing that, and then a couple months later, I did another one. And then within this period of like six months, I'd like cleaned up my shit. Mm. And through doing that. Literally. Yeah. 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 There's still some work to, get, to do. but uh, And through doing that, then, like you said, that end goal purpose thing was much clearer. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. Because I just know that when you, when you clean that stuff up and you get those fundamentals right, yeah. then you're in a position to take action. Yeah. Definitely, and that was probably the area that you needed to clean up. I mean, like I said, mm. there's probably around nine zones. There's a few that I didn't discuss, but mm. uh, at some level we'll be dysfunctional and more functional in other areas, and we need to find where where the, the main faults are and then mm. go after that, and then sort of everything starts to balance out a bit and just keep going until you, you're relatively balanced mm. through the, all those areas. Mm. Gut's been a big one that I've been focusing on myself this year as well. So mm. I cut out uh, no coffee. No alcohol, mm. and what else was there? Yeah, no cheese and no cured meat. So for me, that's like huge. No, no cheese is, is massive. Um, uh, <clears throat> so from that, I've noticed a big difference. And then even doing um, colonics as well has been part of it as well. And intermittent fasting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's probably the most crazy, like full-on thing I've done for my health. Oh uh, yeah, where I'm sitting there going, "Am I actually doing this?" <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm doing it. So, <laughs> Yeah, the first one I had of those, it was like a spiritual experience. The colonic. Yeah, man. It's like, it was old stuff coming out. So, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah what do you... Uh, got better as I've, as I've moved through it and it's helped a lot of things as well. So. What did your friends say to you when you told them you had a colonic that day? Some people were just looking at me like, what are you doing? Like, like, yeah, like okay. Like, <laughs> and some people were like, oh, it's really good. I've done them, mm. you know. Um, mm. But it was like, it was for me, it was the next... Thing that I hadn't done, I'll give it a try, see how it works. Mm. It's like these as well. It's all part of it. Um, how are you going with the heat? It's good, I like it. Comfy? Yeah, I mean, it just reminds me of like being, like I said, all those first like years of my 20s and yeah. stuff. And even like through high school, I was always sweating because I was always running around doing stuff. So yeah. yeah. Kind of miss it, actually. It's nice to just have yeah. good sweat. Do you want to go hotter or are you comfy? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Let's see we'll, how we go. We'll, we'll go for 50. Otherwise, Ooh. we'll start talking Chinese if we get to 55. Really? No, we'll be right. <laughs> if you want to go hotter, just turn it off. Okay. Um, so, how is it then that, uh, this is probably bread and butter for you, but uh, it's still something that I'm fascinated by. Because for me, I grew up in an Italian household, everything was very physical. And when we talk about fundamentals, it's always like real stuff. Change with the physical things you put in your mouth and drink mm. more physical water. Mm -hmm. um, how is it then that, all of our physical issues are often manifested from emotional issues or limiting beliefs and thoughts that we have. How does that actually work? Oh, that could be a big rabbit hole, man. And, um, <laughs> how does that work? Well, there's multiple, like with everything, it's multiple ways to explain things. I'll stick with what I need, how I need to say it. But mm. um, Like the classic one, I 
you know, I was reading about this. Um, there's a an author, Ines Agal. She has a few amazing books. Uh, you could, uh, yeah. um, she has a few good books on mm. energetics and. And I was reading all about it, and I was doing some little practices and things at home, and then, um, and then my mum had to get a hip replacement, like out of the blue. Mm. In like six months, her, she, her hip just went to crap, and she had mm -hmm. to get a replacement. And so I looked up the energetics associated with that, and was um, it was something like um, not moving forward on a big life decision. Yeah, and that was a hundred percent the situation my mum was in. Yeah, and I was just like. <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah, there's definitely the body is essentially a mirror of the mind, mm -hmm. a mirror of the unconscious mind. There's a few people uh, that have said that it's uh, essentially your your body is a slow mind. So it's essentially expressing now what you were thinking and feeling 10 years ago and what you do now, will your body will be in 10 years, which is pretty cool mm. in a way. Uh, and I've sort of can see that and resonate with that actually. I've seen it in myself and I've seen it in lots of clients. And it's kind of it's frightening like, actually. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, so if you're, if you're living healthy now, then you're setting up a good future. Mm. Um, there are obviously, why do certain areas relate to certain things? Well, you know, some of it is uh, sort of more common sense. Some of it is to do with like, so we have energy meridians and pathways that go up and down our body on both sides of our body. And those meridians usually relate to have related physiology and related psychology. So generally, if you just follow the channel and you know the, the energy channel and you know what the psychology and the physiology is of it, then you'll see symptoms mm. on that area. For instance, like people with really tight jaws, uh, you know, that's stress in general. But yeah. what, is, what does stress affect? Well, it's really the liver in Chinese medicine. And if we, if we um, are not sleeping well and we're just obviously doing, it, we're just constantly going, going, doing, 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 not really spending enough time with ourselves, mm. um, then the liver gets stressed. Mm -hmm. And the, the liver chi and blood rises to the head and we can often get irritable and angry and just tell people to fuck off, basically. Yeah. And, um, sorry, I don't know if you could swear. <laughs> Go for it, mate. Um, uh, and, yeah, so often working on the liver or draining the liver um, will, you know, help, help the jaw pain mm -hmm. or getting the person to express themselves properly, getting them to, to, you know, do something like the morning pages where they're actually expressing what they want to express, not filtering it and ed editing it. So that's one example. But how does it all happen? Why does it happen that way as well? There's a neurological, neurobiological explanation to it as well. So we have receptors in the body. We have exterior receptors. That's, they're, they're the ones that are picking up the heat in this room. And we have proprioceptors, so the ones in our joints in our body. And we have interior receptors in that essentially inside they're in the skin as well but they're actually inside the brain and also the organ system so when we have so the question was how does a, a like a, a psychological thing cause a physical issue mm. yeah so at the top so when we have say um an experience an emotional experience of say trauma mm. there's a part of the brain called the limbic system that which will fire up mm -hmm. And it will, it will choose a context, whether that will be fear or anger or whatever it is, guilt, grief, because you've lost someone. At the same time, that's, that's essentially the boss. It's the boss of your homeostatic system. It's your emotional memory system. At that same time, you're going to get changes in your diaphragm, which is the second most powerful system. Diaphragm system, it'll change your respiratory rate. Mm -hmm. It'll change how your body uh, gets rid of acids and alkaline in the body. So all that's happening, that will change your posture as well. Then you're going to get some gastrointestinal changes at the same time. So it could be in one of the, the digestive organs, it could be in all of them. Mm. 
it's going to change how your circadian system works, how your balance system works, uh, the, 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 even the uh, fluid um, homeostasis in the body. Like fluid retention and with... Yeah, like lack of flow of water. Blood, all that stuff. Exactly. Right. Mainly water, hydration, so mm. water and um, electrolyte balance. And then uh, finally it will arise at the tissue level. Mm. Yeah. So that could all happen over a period of years. Could happen over a period of years, or it could happen instantaneously. So, for yeah. instance, if you had a car accident, and um, it, you, it, you know, you got a bit of whiplash inside, you know, the tightness of that neck, you've got, you know, fear or something, or because you've, you're experiencing mm. fear as it happens, mm. and there's also all the other systems are affected. You'll clamp down on your digestive system. Yeah, you'll, you'll start breathing more shallow. Or, so there's know. like essentially a string of dysfunction. We'll call it. Like a um, like so, the emotion was fear. It's related to tight neck muscles and weak on the one side, and then it's also related to the diaphragm. It's doing something there. Mm -hmm. It's doing something in gastrointestinal system. Mm -hmm. So if that's not addressed, the body will just compensate because that's what it does. It's, it's amazing at doing that. Brilliant compensator. Yeah, we won't even notice that. We'll just go. Oh yeah, I had a car accident. It was really scary, and I had to go see like my osteo afterwards to just work on my neck. Mm. Cool. All good. Everything's all good. Mm -hmm. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that, it just really depends on their history mm -hmm. before that and how they sort of cope with stress. But yeah. you can imagine essentially that people that become quite sick have just this tapestry of all these little micro traumas mm. that have emotional context and they're having physiological effects. And they're like a, like a line. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like, and it starts with the limbic system, the emotional system at first, essentially. So then when they experience fear in other contexts as well, I imagine it would send off the same chain reaction based on how they deal with fear and have dealt with fear in the past. Exactly. So, because, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So there, there'll be all these sort of reflexive pathways within the brain which have, a, have, a, have well, in fear you do this, you, your posture will do this or you'll run away or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so then the more... So essentially, it's like then your even your emotional system can project something out there. This is where communication pro problems come in all the time. Is mm -hmm. people are often not listening to the person; they're listening to the voice in their head projecting what they think is going to happen. And so then there's a miscommunication issue. And does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so we often assume a lot, but the body's a lot more complicated than that. It's mm. it's, it's got a lot of um, complexity to it. So mm. we need to actually tune into that and ask. Ask it what's going on. Essentially, mm. that's why I love doing what I do. I don't assume. We just we just have we just have a conversation. We we, we work out what's actually happening, mm. and then we bring the body back to balance. And so, <clears throat> if someone say they're always having this same fear response, do you have to go back to the initial? To yeah, the initial one. You is that like where is that where the pattern begins? Yeah, look, it could. Yeah, it could be a single event so or a like, series of events. Right. So a couple of years ago, I took over this business and um, that was extremely stressful. And mm -hmm. I handed, handled that by working long hours, <laughs> drinking coffee <coughs> and having a, a mindset of go, go, go. <laughs> now it's I compensating, find, yeah. Right, exactly. And so now I find whenever I'm dealing with stress, I'm like, <coughs> oh, I can deal with this. I'll just... Uh, I'll just drink coffee and work hard and get through it. Mm. And that's just yeah. what we go to. Get on with it. It's a typical Aussie way. So Yeah. So is it like <coughs> if we get back to that first time when shit went down, that's the best place to sort of unpack it and unravel it? And it, it would be cool to actually um, 
erase that initial traumatic event if that's still buzzing in the system. So that you can have one event from 20 years ago that is essentially um, still firing in the nervous system as, mm. it, as it's happening now. So, we, yeah, in that instance, it's good to actually um, release it mm. to the system so it can go back to a normal response. And um, from that moment onwards, then you can basically, there will be a bunch of, uh, so if you have one instance, then you're already in compensation. So you might actually attract, people often attract more things to them. So there'll be a mm. bunch of different things. Mm. Essentially, at the, at the simplest, the nervous system's always dealing with micro traumas in order just to keep us functioning and alive. And depending on, your your constitution will depend on how much of that plays out as an actual condition mm. or a physical ailment or how much you're like in that state as well in like, that stress state yeah. well whatever state it is yeah 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 gopros have had enough um yeah you know like like i had this moment the other day when um i hadn't been drinking coffee for a while and then i had a period of three days where i was drinking coffee and so therefore i was more in like reactive mode and yeah. stimulated and yeah. overall like feeling um a sense of stress or even panic because i don't know for whatever reason and then and then like on the third day then like another big stressful thing arrived and i was like man that's just because i was acting from that state i just attracted that thing in potentially yeah for sure yeah, yeah definitely and that's good awareness to even have that but, uh, I mean, it, we tend to revert to, you know, when we all get stressed. Stress is normal. It's good. We need to have stress. Mm. You actually learn more in stress. You know, you stress, push you to the edge, mm -hmm. sit at the edge, and then you'll grow. Mm. We need to have that. People who avoid stress will actually generally be more stressed anyway. <laughs> so, I think, I think I lost where I was going that way. We were going with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. See, when it gets to 50 degrees, man, it all starts to uh, get a bit curly. <laughs> That's good. I was going somewhere with it. Um, yeah, I don't know. We are talking about stress. And there was some stress in there at some point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was just saying, uh, yeah, like I felt like I attracted that in because I was in that yes. stress state. You got me there. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I was talking to a client today, this morning, and... Um, for instance, she, uh, it will it tend to revert back to our normal default mode. So well, well, people will either become really emotional under stress or mm -hmm. some people will become super logical in order to try and control and understand mm -hmm. why they're under stress mm -hmm. and, you know, or, you know, feeling emotion. And if you're trying to logicalize an emotion, it doesn't actually make sense. Mm -hmm. It's illogical anyway. But if you're trying to, we're always, the logical mind is always trying to like associate things. It's this, it's that, it's this, it's that. I this client today and she's a very successful person and um, essentially something happened where she uh, uh, did something but the members of the public were upset about it. So she's actually okay. going around and looking at all their social media and looking at this person and this person oh, and this person and this boy. person and what they're saying and what they're okay. saying. And then the mind's getting dragged into all these other dramas. Mm. And so she's not able to be in the right brain to be able to see the big picture, yeah. which is essentially what she's doing. She just needs to she can't control that you know mm, what i mean mm, so mm. yeah that's like a downward spiral going into the yeah. facebook comments <laughs> yeah i mean look, as an athlete you, that's not if you're a professional athlete they say the ones you see the ones they have an injury or something or they do something stupid yeah and then they start reading the comments mm. and you notice their form is not as good and 
Yeah. You know, what, what happened to that guy? And then the other ones that just, just, you know, don't look at that sort of stuff. Don't yeah, get involved. Exactly. They just get, they just focused on themselves and, mm. and seems to just go rolling off the back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that whole social media thing is just, you know, causes issues. It's like a weird world. Mm. I mean, you even, you like tap into people's energies in those things. It's like, why am I even like getting involved with this? <laughs> Sensing that, that person's unhappiness or whatever it is. Well, people don't, yeah, even just doing that, like just looking at social media is, you know, it's been proven to put you in an anxious, anxious or depressed state. Yeah. This whole thing does. You know, I was yeah. chatting with um, Michaela on the, on the podcast yesterday. And we're talking about phones. Like, just this is just a stressful experience now. Just going in here, yeah. like emails are emails, yeah. text messages. Like, this is a work phone for me. So, m- texts are about work. Facebook, that's about work. Like, it's just stressful. <laughs> just going in that. I just look at this as like, oh, this is just my daily stress tablet. So I'm yeah, trying to interesting, isn't spend it? less time in that thing. Mm. Or, 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 and it all tries to get your attention as well. Yeah, you got to look at the next thing. Oh, you got to get that dopamine hit. Yeah, I know. It's it, it's painful. So, um, yeah, that was. I feel like I'm going to re-listen to that because that was fascinating, actually. So, moving on from that, what uh, what are you doing in your day to day? Because I think you're like probably one of the healthiest looking people I know. Really? Yeah, you're always very like clean complexion. You're well built. You obviously have strength. Um, you're very calm. Uh, yeah. So you, you, whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, it's working, mate. Uh, what am I doing in for that? Yeah, I mean, look, just like your day to day. Like, what are your, what are your rituals? What are your routines? What are your daily things? So, uh, essentially, yes, on my day to dates would be, I'm not moving as much as I normally do, mm. but I don't sort of really need to. I try to intermittent fast every day. Mm. It's, it's, 14 to 17 hours, mm-hmm. generally. I probably might miss it one or two days a week. I find I'm okay with that. I did go through a period where I was so militant about that. I had my tracker and I was 16 to 18 hours. <laughs> yeah. But I found that like, that was causing me a bit like yeah. stress, like to be militant yeah. about that. So yeah. it's about having a bit of balance. <clears throat> but my body does respond to, to intermittent fasting. The meditation, I don't do every day. I probably do it four days. Um, uh, coming up, I'm going to try and do another stint of like, say, a few months straight. But mm. with that, I do a really simple meditation. It's literally breathing in for mm. six seconds, breathing out for six seconds. And that is as much about what it does physiologically as it, it, is it's calming. It essentially integrates the brain and the heart. Mm. I try to do that whenever I'm on public transport. A big thing for me has been recently in the last few months, and it sounds really simple, but just on YouTube, there was this like motivational one, 30-minute mm. one, and it was really good. Everything as I am. It, no, it's basically a motivational uh, playlist yeah. uh, with just one guy repeating all these statements over and over. Yeah. I am the blah, blah, I am lovable, I am yeah. successful, all this. It, all, they're all really good statements, and it goes for 30 minutes. And I've been doing that for the last few months. It's really cool with that one because I'll do it on the, if I catch a train, I'll just do it on the walk to the train and on the walk home. So it's about, about 20 minutes a day. And that has shifted a lot of stuff for me. Mm. It's essentially like pruning or gardening for the, for the mind. Because even if I'm not directly paying attention, my, my unconscious is hearing that. Mm. Over time, my, my world has shifted with that as well. Mm. But like I said, this year has been looking after the gut. I'm exercising way less, although I, I still maintain a, a good level of fitness and strength. 
the reason why I don't exercise that much is because I am quite mentally active. I do have quite a lot on. And if I actually push myself too hard physically, my mental capacity will go down. Mm. So basically trying to practice what I preach. I mean, I used to be an animal mm. on the physical level, like an absolute animal. Um, like people used to look at me in the gym and just go, what the hell is that guy doing? He's a crazy person. <laughs> You're eating cornflakes and running up hills in the army, mate. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, you know, just doing like CrossFit and all that sort of yeah, stuff yeah. and getting right into it. Yeah. You know, it was good. Mm. Learned a lot from it. But now it's just literally, it's literally so much in. My whole days are framed around every day is about managing my, my, my energy and my intent um, so I can do my work with my clients and, mm. and focus on other projects and try and have a bit of energy for my family as well. Mm. Um, because if, I've, if I'm lacking energy at any time, I just can't give my best mm. to my family. or to, So, so I'm, I've peeled right back. I'm still quite active, busy, but I've actually peeled right back in what I do. Like even the other day I had a client and it was, it was another one to go and halfway through that session, I just knew I wasn't ready. I could finish this session, but I knew I couldn't do the other one. So I just had to say, just remove, um, reschedule it mm. because my mind was sort of not 100% there. So I'm, I'm, uh, it's all about quality for me these days. So mm. uh, yeah, it's pretty simple. It's not that extravagant. When I move, I try to do complex movement, mm -hmm. um, try to you know be able to pull myself up on things. So gymnastic rings and stuff like that. As you must Oh, it's... It's lo I lost it. I used yeah. to have it, but it's, I lost it because my shoulder mechanics were really bad, but <laughs> I was compensating. I'd probably get it back, but I'm doing yeah. other sort of uh, ring dips and stuff like that. But water intake's massive and then really consistent with my sleep. Mm. That's pretty much it, man. Do you like, have a routine around your sleep? It's always at 10, like 10 or 10.30. Like mm. it's, it's, it's always the same sort of time. So it might be a little bit later than normal. So, but they say any time before 10.30, your liver's starts its detox then. If I go to bed any later than that, I'm not good. If I go to bed too early, it's not the best either. Um, if I, I'm just consistent, it's always at that same time. Mm. So I'll get eight hours, feel pretty refreshed. Mm. Yeah. It's so. good to go to bed at the same time. Yeah. Every day. Wake Sleep up hygiene. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, why is so much of kinesiology based on Eastern style medicine? Why is it? Um, is that like where it sort of came from? No. Kinesiology, the word is actually, the word means the study of movement. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you were to go to America and say, Nick's a kinesiologist, they'd be like, oh, cool. What, what sports team do you um, work in? Okay. So they actually literalize it over there. Yeah. Right, so a kinesiologist is like a human movement expert uh -huh. in America and even around here, like in the, in the sort of scientific world, mm. that's what they would be. And mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's a true representation of the word. Yeah. But, what happened in the 1960s, actually, it was a chiropractor named Dr. George Goodhart, and he basically uh, combined a lot of systems together, and he worked out sort of by trial and error, this whole system. It's really cool, really cool system called applied kinesiology, essentially applying the knowledge of the body and how it works and through all the different systems. This was called AK, applied kinesiology. Mm -hmm. And he realized when he was working with muscles that certain muscles would, would be uh, weak or not working properly when certain organs were under stress. And then looked at the acupuncture system and they had mapped um, meridian pathways. So that you have a certain muscle that's paired with a certain organ. Okay. And that's actually not even energetic. That's actually neurological as yeah. well. Like you would get shared nerve roots into yeah. organs and muscles. Yeah. 
viscerosomatic loops. So you just built from that. And so because the, the aqueduct system was already there, it was a system that's been around for a long time, I essentially he used it um, as a navigation system of what's, that's what it is essentially, that's what the aqueduct system is. It's a navigation system mm-hmm. as to where dysfunction is in the body and why it's there. So with kinesiology, you can just essentially have a communication with the nervous system to find where these faults are in the system, mm. where the software faults are. Mm. Software engineer, that's all it is. <laughs> so most people don't realize that uh, yeah, if you have an injury, yeah. tissues heal. Tissues always heal, unless you're really sick. Tissues heal. Mm-hmm. If you're experiencing pain, uh, pain after a few weeks, it's a software issue. The mm. tissue is healed, mm. and you have a software signaling issue up mm. to the brain. A nervous system kind of... Thing. What could be causing that though? There could be, like we were talking about before, there could be organ changes, there could be organs under stress, glands under stress, particular parts of the body, the mm. brain itself. Mm. Yeah. So he developed that system, put in that, a bit of uh, work on the lymphatics, work on the vascular system, lots of more structural work, working with the cranial bones and, and mm. the TMJ and, and the spine itself. Mm. And there's a, a whole bunch of chiropractors worldwide which practice this way and it's very different to your, 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 your uh, standard chiropractic where they, they crack. They generally just uh, will find out where the faults are, give people really quick treatments. Yeah. The one I, one I uh, learned, kinesiology, was based on that. That's sort of the core of it, but then it went even deeper into the real uh, theory of the acupuncture system through the study of the ancient classics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. That's just how it kind of developed over the years. Yeah. I mean, there's so many great systems out there and people just sort of getting, they're learning and then they're sort of putting their own spin on it. And, you know, I've learned a lot of them too. So Mm. you get a lot from each one. So, Mm. yeah. Nice. (laughs) How you feeling, man? I'm feeling good. Yeah. I'm feeling relaxed, actually. Mm. My day was hectic up until this this point. And now I think yours was too. Yeah, I was just all going from one thing to the next. It was a little bit, yeah, I was like, got a bit discombobulated when I came here. So I feel like this is really good. It's yeah. very healthy. It's been, it's been comfortable. Mm. Um, so to end with a bit of a crazy one, um, you said you, were, you used to go pretty hard with, with the CrossFit and you're an animal. What was, uh, what was sort of the craziest thing you've done in the pursuit of your health and wellness? Have you done some out there kind of stuff? Well, that's also, uh, there was that colonic. Yeah. That's probably like it's something I never thought I would do. Mm. But I was intrigued by it. But it was like, it's just so bizarre. But I see the benefit of it. Yeah. Um, but I just never thought I'd be doing it. So uh, that, that is probably the craziest thing I've done in terms of, you know, like physical feats in the pursuit of fitness. Well, we had to do stuff because we had to. Mm. So. Gas masks in the army sounds pretty. Yeah, and then we're just sort of forced to do that. But in the pursuit of it, yeah, I remember doing some of the CrossFit sort of games, regionals and stuff like that, just training for that, just pushing yourself just past it, like being. <laughs> there was a period in my mid-20s after I lived, left the Army where I was working as a full-time personal trainer, like at my business. But in the mornings, I would, I would work for um, as a garbage collector, not garbage, but recycling. It was awesome. It's like, obviously, not, I would never do garbage. That, that thing really stinks. But... <laughs> We were essentially on the back of a recycling truck right. and we would be the runners, essentially. And you would, we would run 15Ks minimum <laughs> per like morning shift yeah, and you'd right. throw in all these bins. So it was like mm. the best workout. Mm. But every day it used to be that. Then I'd go to the beach, chill out, have a surf, whatever, and then go and do my clients up until the evening 
till quite late, mm. and then I would do some sort of crazy CrossFit workout. Then I would probably go out with my friends <laughs> and maybe get a few hours sleep. And then that yeah. was just normal. That was part of my 20s. So yeah. there's no way I could do that now. So yeah. I'm definitely not as extreme on that level because that job itself was physically really hard. Mm. And it just, I just couldn't believe how much, uh, looking back on it, how much energy I actually had to do that. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. I divert my energy in different ways these days. Mm. It's more up here. Is the reason that you couldn't do that nowadays is just because you'd be so much more aware of how you felt after punching your body like that? Absolutely. And, I, and it's also, it, there is a bit of wear and tear. Yeah. And it, uh, because I'm more of a, a mental person these days, I wouldn't be able to do my job, I wouldn't have as much. You know, I've got more people, I want a young daughter, family and all that sort of stuff, I wouldn't be able to be there as much for them and I'd want to <laughs> curl up into a ball and have a rest, mm-hmm. but you just can't do that now. So yeah. you have to really manage your equilibrium as much as you can. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I always, you always hear people say that, like, oh, I couldn't do that these days. Or I even say it when someone asks if I want to, like, have a drink. It's like, I'll have, like, two drinks, dude, and I'm going to feel like shit tomorrow. <laughs> I don't want to have two drinks. Yeah. And, but I'm always, like, checking myself, like, is that just because, like, I don't drink as much as I used to or anywhere near as much, and therefore I just notice the effects more? Or is it just because I'm older and I'm not, like, clearing the poison out as quickly as I used to? <laughs> it's a bit of both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, I, I feel like um, I feel like I can do these physical feats again. I actually feel like even, like I say, going back to this long game, I've been working my way through all these things that I've developed over the years. Mm. And, like, my body's getting a lot more balanced and in line. And I would like to even have a comeback to sort of some adventure-type racing in my, you know, oh, yeah. late 30s, early 40s. You see people have to do that all the time. And your body's generally quite robust and has a lot of muscle memory there. So I actually think people can do it. Yeah, you just have the have the have to have the right resources there <laughs> in their body and their lifestyle set up around it. Mm. So, so we're going to go and run an ultra marathon together or something. Maybe not an ultra, <laughs> but adventure racing really appeals to me. Uh, those kayak sort of oh, yeah. climb, yeah, run, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that yeah. that appeals to me. Yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah, we'll see what happens are with there, that. Are there races where you do multiple modalities in the one? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. kayak and you'll you'll climb and then you'll you'll run and then a few other bits and pieces depends on mm. the skill set depends on where it is. But mm. Mm. so, what's next for you then? You've been kinesiologing, if that's a verb, for some time now, and I feel like you're always expanding into bigger, better things. You've written plenty of coursework. What's what's coming up? Yeah, well, I am sort of moving into a different phase mm. with my career. I'm gonna. I think I'm always gonna be working as a practitioner on some level. I love to be on the tools, and that just allows me to learn a lot from my clients and keep learning mm. more writing is ahead uh maybe uh more books text textbooky sort of like online approaches mm. that'll probably be a while away but the next actual project that i'm moving into now is uh moving into actually building a retreats company mm. where we um hold holistic health retreats in starting off with bali mm. But places like that, so sort of essentially in paradise and it's in a controlled environment for seven days where people will essentially do, learn about and apply all these nine zones of vitality, mm. um, learn out where their faults are, uh, learn where their faults are, learn how to address them. They'll get one-to-one therapy mm. sessions and it will be tailored sort of for them. So for me, that is the perfect next step because I've always wanted a job with travel. Mm. I'm expanding my network internationally. so. It's sort of, like we said, it's combining all the things that I want to do and then teaching as well to keep teaching, but to um, more the general public if they want it or people who are not necessarily students learning a modality. 
because I really feel like on a heart level and a um, like a calling level mm. that the world needs this information. And there's a lot of stuff going on with the world right now. And if more people start to wake up and action this sort of stuff, then uh, and connect with their dream, there's going to be less, less and less, hopefully, drama and turmoil in the world. So mm. yeah, more alignment overall. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So that's going to keep building, and that's going to allow for different types of freedoms for me, and more travel, which is awesome, and more linking with uh, more and more practitioners around the world, building a network there. Mm. But I'll still always have my clinic space. So yeah, good because I might need to. Call in every now and then. <laughs> you can come to the retreat, man. Yeah. Retreat yeah. sounds good. Yeah. So it's, no, it's that's good. beautiful. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. So if people want to learn more about you, get in touch with you, how can they do that? I uh, just got a website that's sort of recently set up. It's um, functionalneurohealth.com. Functional mm. Neurohealth. That's my business. Mm. Um, there's contact forms on that. Cool. And then their retreat is Integrated Vitality Retreats as well. Okay. Integrated Vitality Retreats. So we can post that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so they're the two ways you can contact me. I'm yeah. not that active on social media. This is something that I hope to get better on in the next year. Oh, it's a big downward spiral from there, mate. Yeah. You're going to be on the gram every day before you know it. Yeah, well, apparently I'm getting interviewed on certain TV stations soon, but so we'll see <laughs> what happens with that. So, um, Cool. Yeah, that's a, you know, there's a bit of, like, you know, honouring that there's resistance to that, but also knowing that that's where I need to go. So mm-hmm. mm. Beautiful. Thanks for coming on, mate. Thanks, brother. I feel good. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling relaxed. (laughs) Cheers, man. Thank you. Cheers. There you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Sweated Out. Thank you so much for listening, sending love to you all, and I hope the rest of your day is excellent. If you're after some more resources to optimize your health or you would like to learn more about the work we do at iHealthSaunas, just head to iHealthSaunas.com.au or follow us on Instagram at iHealthSaunas underscore AU. And you can find me at Alex Tyson and the number 37. Have a good day, everyone. Cheers.